As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. It's Tuesday, and we're going to have a great home group tonight, me, Denise, and Paul, and you and Jesus, because Jesus is right here with us, guys. Hey, Denise. Hi, Rick. Denise, you're beautiful again tonight. That color is magnificent. Thank you, Rick. But there's something else beautiful. What is it? It's your necklace, Paul. You, you see are what... so funny. <laughs> what is it? You are hilarious. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's wearing something precious tonight. Oh, what is it? It's a Roman coin. No, it's not. I thought you were talking about my earrings that I've been wearing for the last 12 years. Denise, I, I, are you sure it's only 12? <laughs> yeah. Every single day. In fact, if I don't see you with those earrings. You get I, worried. I think part of you is <laughs> not, not with us. But that's not a Roman coin. What is it? That is a Greek coin. Look at that. Oh, this! You know how old that is? Uh, how could I make that mistake? Yes. I, how I know could who you it possibly is. Make that mistake. Who is that? Alexander the Great. That is Alexander the Great, and that coin is twenty-three hundred years old. You probably shouldn't say that. Why? Well, because I've got to tell a funny story. Denise, I've Don't got, tell it. I have. Rick. It's so cute. Please let me tell it. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. Denise and I were in Greece for our 25th wedding anniversary. I bought that coin. I guess That'd be 30 years ago. 30 years sure. ago when it didn't cost hardly anything. Today it's very valuable. But anyway, I bought it 30 years ago. So Denise and I are in Greece and we're in Athens and we're just strolling through a souvenir shop and I see all these coins that look like Greek coins. And I said to the woman behind the counter, I said, are these Greek coins? She said, of course not, they're replicas. She said, we would be imprisoned if we had a real authentic Greek coin. She said, it's considered contraband, it's illegal to own because they're so rare and they've been sold abroad. If you're found with a real Greek coin, you can go to prison. So Denise is standing there and she says, well, I have one right here in my purse. I thought, <laughs> Did, did you, you hear? Did you hear what that woman just said? She said, I have one right here in my purse. You want to see it? And the woman looked across the <laughs> counter like, did you hear what I just said? Did you say, here, let me show it to you. She pulled that necklace out. I was just so proud of it, <laughs> you know, because Rick got it for me. And so I just wanted to show her. Is that place called Plaka? Yeah, it's called, it was in Plaka. And I remember standing there thinking, okay, the police are going to be coming in to handcuff Denise any moment because she's got contraband. Of course, I bought it years and years and years ago in the United States. It wasn't contraband to us. So the woman looked at it. She said, well, for our sakes, let's say this is a replica, sweetheart, and put that back in your purse. That was a moment I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I was just proud of it. So anyway. I wanted to show it to her. That's an imperial coin. I have an imperial coin collection that I collected 30 years ago. Can you believe that, Denise? Because I was teaching the New Testament and I wanted to know what the people looked like that I was teaching about. Well, they didn't have Polaroid cameras back in those days. They don't have them now anymore either. They didn't have mobile phones to take pictures, so they put their images on coins. 
So if you want to know what Nero really looked like, or if you want to know what his mother Agrippina looked like, or if you want to know what his stepfather Claudius looked like, or if you want to know what his uncle Caligula looked like, or the relative Caracalla looked like, or Tiberius, or Caesar, or any of them. You go to the Facebook of the day. You go to the Facebook of the day, and that was? Coins. Coins. And imperial Greek coins, many of them bear the face of Alexander the Great. Anyway, that's why I had an imperial coin collection and a Roman coin collection. And one day I said, Denise, this one's so pretty. Let's make it a necklace for you. That's very old. That necklace is old. Yeah. It's still really pretty, Denise. But you are the gem on the set tonight. Thank you. And you're so pretty in that color. Thank you, Rick. And you're seated next to Paul Renner. Hi, son. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Home Group. I'm so glad that we can be together. As you can tell, we are here just to have fun and to talk about the Word of God. We can do both. Isn't that okay? We can do both. We can have fun while we study the Word of God because the Word of God is wonderful. And you don't have to be all uptight about it every time you open the Bible. You can expect to enjoy reading the Word of God and discussing the Word of God. Yeah, I love the Bible more than I've ever loved it. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I love it. Even even this morning, you know, we've been at a pretty hectic schedule. Yes. And so last night I probably got to sleep about one and I, and the alarm went off at five. And have you ever been like tired and it's like you want to be angry at everybody? Well, that's where I was. No way. Yes. That's the truth, Paul. Oh my. And, and, uh, so I'm like, well, that's not going to (laughs) work. I got to get my act together. And I just want to tell you, the Word of God is just so powerful, just like we've been talking about. As I just put my eyes and my mind and my thoughts into the Word of God, it just began to dress me, Rick. So powerful. This Word is so powerful. I understand why people kiss the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I do too. I do. I understand that. But I want to tell you, if you have a prayer request, write us. Write to us at prayer at renner.org. As soon as your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to pray for you. Or call us. You'll have to leave a message, but please do. We'll pray for you, and we will call you back. We really mean that. We want to pray for you. And please go to our store at renner.org and order the study guide, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, what it is, what it produces, how to receive it, and how to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. You have to have the power of God to walk in spiritual weaponry, which is what we're talking about today. And it is the power of God that helps you walk in the spiritual weaponry that the Lord has given to you. And it's the power of God that gives you the spiritual weaponry that you need. Yeah, you can't walk in this weaponry if you're not walking in power. That's right. We've really established that. And it's His power. He's a person. It's His power. And He dresses us in the armor, but we have to receive the power and when the power comes, it begins to materialize as it dresses yes. us. It puts a helmet on our head and a yes. breastplate on us. And yes. It dresses us. But I also have a book called Dress to Kill. You don't have to take it anymore. Think how many people just bow to the devil. You do not have to do that. You don't have to. And we're not even trying to get the victory over the devil. We have the victory over the devil. Amen. We're just reinforcing it. Amen. And that's why the book says you don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to 
kill a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. Wow. Can I tell you something amazing somebody said to me? You know, I did an interview with a major Christian network the other day. They wanted to know what I thought about this difficult time that everybody was going through. And I said, of course, for many people, it's very tragic. But I said, we're more than overcomers. And I said, we have a faith that overcomes the world. And we're born for this. Hey, God, God is not surprised that we're living in this age. I believe we were born for this moment. And, you know, people have been going to church for years and years, reading, going to Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, listening to sermons and things on YouTube and back in the days of audio tapes and CDs, listening, 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 listening. Now it's time to use their faith. And they're like, oh, God, what are we going to do? Get over it. It's time to get on the field. You've been a textbook athlete for a long, long time, a textbook Christian. Now it's time to use it. This is your time to use it. Mm. And in that interview, I said, we're anointed for this. We can do this. We've got the power of God. We've got the armor of God. And Paul, do you remember what the interviewer said? They said, wow, I've never heard anyone say it like that before. And I thought to myself, but it's so simple. This is the time that we were born. We can't argue with when we were born. We can't argue with the times that we're living in. It's just the way it is. And it's true. So much has been put in us. And it's now time to do, to act on what we've been taught. And even, even yesterday I was uh, learning or talking about a woman in church that is fear-gripped. And she just does not want to leave. In our church? Yes, she just not she will refuses to leave her house, which is good. That means that's actually not bad that she's at home. Stay at home, please stay at home. That's the right thing to do. But the issue was not that she was staying at home. The issue is that she was staying home not for safety purposes. She was staying at home because of fear. And she just couldn't leave the house. That's a whole different issue. Mm. Well, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power love. and of love yes. and a sound mind. First, uh, Second Corinthians says, weapons on one hand, weapons on another hand. Ephesians chapter 6 says, the full armor of God. We have everything we need to deal with any situation. We really do. But you have to embrace what you've been given. So let's see what we've been given. Are you ready? Okay. Let's go to Ephesians 6 and pick up where we left off yesterday. We're just going to read verse 13, then move on to verse 14. Okay. And in verse 13, Paul says, Wherefore, wherefore the Greek phrase, diatauto, in light of all these things that I've just said, in light of the fact that there's an enemy, in light of the fact that there's an indomitable power that will give you weaponry, in light of all of these things, Paul says, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to... Stan, let's comment again about the evil day. Is that someday fixed in the future? No, that's any day you wake up and evil gets in your day. That's an evil day. It doesn't even have to be a special day. You just wake up and you get bad news. Hey, that's an evil day. And anytime evil tries to enter your day, this verse says you can stand against it. The Greek word anti-stainai is not just stand against, it's to propel it 
backward, to push it backward. When you have the power of God and this weaponry, you are an advancing force. You can push the devil back across the line. Amen. And be the last one standing. Amen. Yeah. I like that. I like how it says, take upon you the whole armor of God. Sometimes we begin to think that things like the Bible are old-fashioned, or sometimes things like biblical teaching and things of faith are just, you know, not for today anymore. And we begin to take on other armor. We begin to take on other logic. We begin to use other instruments or tools in our lives to protect us. But the strongest, the most powerful thing we can do is take on the armor of God. And that's why we need to talk about this today, because we need to get back to the armor of God. We need to get back to the equipment that he's given us. You know, I think it'd be very helpful for people if they drew a line. And they said, this is the line about my health. I'm not going to permit anything to pass this line. Or this is the line about my finances. This is the line about any virus or plague in my house. This is the line about my marriage. This is, I'm drawing a line around my kids. And you just say, evil stays on the other side of the line. And as your faith grows, you can move that line. Yeah, you can move the line to take territory. But you've got to start where you are. And if evil tries to cross the line, that's what the Bible calls an evil day. You're in a position to say, you know what? You have crossed the line and you are in trouble. Bam! And push that thing back across the line. That's what you have the authority to do. We are not victims. No, we're dressed in power. It's amazing. All right, but let's look at verse 14. It says, wherefore... Take and do the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand the evil to heaven and all stand, verse 14. Stand therefore. No, wait, 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 wait. Stand here is the word stani. It pictures a soldier not all slumped over saying, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I am just worn out. I don't have any more energy. Instead, it's stani. Upright, shoulders back, head high, confident. Why is he confident? Because he is untouchable. And he is so equipped, he is a menace to anybody that would dare touch him. That's who we are. We are a menace to the domain of darkness. So throw your shoulders back and hold your head high. That's what it means when it says, stand therefore. And Paul says, stand therefore, look at it, having your Loins girt about with truth and having on their breastplate of righteousness. righteousness. Okay, let's quickly cover the loin belt one more time. And here it is. Here's a replica of a Roman loin belt. Isn't that a good replica? It's beautiful. You know, Mom and I found these, Paul, in a store just behind the Pantheon in Rome. That's a good place to buy Roman weaponry since it's from Rome. Uh, that store Someday. was loaded with weaponry. <laughs> yeah. Someday it may not be a replica. Hey, Paul. <laughs> we have to wait a while for that to happen. <laughs> yes. But it protected the loins because the loins were very important. That was your ability to produce. And we saw yesterday, this is representative of the Bible. The Bible is your ability to produce supernatural. If you get out of the Word of God, you will lose your ability to produce. I promise you, promise you, promise you that is the truth. You might be able to move on a little steam from the past, but eventually you'll run out of steam. The Bible is the reproductive power of God. In the beginning, God spoke and the world was created. We were born again by the word of God. 
1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. God produces by His Word. And when the Word of God is central like the loin belt in your life, you will have the ability to produce and produce and produce and produce and produce. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And the loin belt was so central that the sword hung on one side, the shield hung on the other side. Everything depended on the loin belt. And in Scripture, it represents truth, which is what? The Bible. It's the Bible. And as long as you have the Bible in your life, guess what? You're protected. You're protected. You're going to be able to produce. As long as the Bible is working in your life, you're going to have faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Word of God. If you have the Bible in your life, you're going to have a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, because every sword you're ever going to draw is going to come right out of the Scriptures as God quickens the Scripture to you. But if you don't have the Bible working in your life, there won't even be a resource from which the Holy Spirit can give you a sword. If you have the Bible working in your life, you're going to have peace. If you have the Bible working in your life, you're going to have a sense of righteousness. If you've got the Bible in your life, you're going to have on the helmet of salvation because it's around the brain. Mm -hmm. You know what you believe. You know what you have in your salvation. But if you drop your Bible, even though all these pieces legally belong to you, you will not experience them because your ability to walk in them is connected to the centrality of the Word of God in your life. That's why first thing I do when I get up every morning is put the Word of God into my mouth, into my eyes. I have my rule, no Bible, no breakfast. It's a great rule. It's not a Bible rule, and it's not a rule that I have so that God will accept me. It's for me. I need that rule. The Bible needs to be central in my life. Guys, do you want to make a comment? Oh, I'm just listening, thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking about Paul in the prison and looking at that soldier and meditating on that belt and him seeing and having a revelation that everything, everything was hanging on that belt. That's amazing to me. Paul? The breastplate. Come next. All right, let's look at it. It says, and having on the breastplate of... Righteousness. Righteousness. All right, we have a breastplate here. It's a replica, but we're going to show you here is a replica of a Roman soldier's breastplate. Look at that. Now, it's pretty heavy, isn't it, Paul? And it's bulky. But that's basically what it looked like. And notice that it's made of various pieces of metal, different metal plates. Now, this is one form. Some of them look more like the scales of a fish. They were more circular. Some later on looked like uh, it was called mail. It was chains. But during the time of the first century, when Paul was writing, this basically is what the breastplate of a Roman soldier looked like. And it was very heavy. In fact, it was the heaviest piece of weaponry. And it was a defensive piece of weaponry, and it was offensive. It was designed to protect the heart and to protect the inner organs. But it was also a weapon used to attack. Now look at that. Let's put the camera on that breastplate. I want you to look at that. How could that weapon be used to attack? Anybody know? I do. 
Oh, Denise, you know, because you've heard me teach. <laughs> That's true. And I, I listened and I remember. <laughs> That's good. You're a good disciple. I am. Okay, let me tell you how. Okay, Paul, you can put that down. Thank you for being our model. Okay. When the Roman soldier would walk in that breastplate, what would happen, Denise? It would, would shimmer. It, no, the pieces of metal would begin to rub against each yeah. other. And the longer you walked in your breastplate, the more illustrious it became. It's like two pieces of metal. You know, they can be rather dull, but when you rub them together and rub them together and rub them together, at first they look scratched. But if you keep rubbing them and rubbing them, eventually they begin to shine. They begin to glisten. Well, the longer that a Roman soldier walked in his breastplate, the more glorious his breastplate became. And that's the way it is when you walk in righteousness. Isn't that something? Amen. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 that we are given the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. It belongs to you the moment you come into Christ. We're told in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have been declared righteous, and we have a breastplate of righteousness. But you know, there's nothing more beautiful than a mature believer who really knows they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It gives them confidence. It gives them peace. They project themselves well. Sometimes people mistake it for haughtiness or arrogance, but it's really not. They just know who they are. It's so beautiful to see a believer that has really walked in their righteousness. And just like a real breastplate, the longer you walk in it, it becomes more shimmering and more beautiful with the passing of time. Isn't that beautiful? It's powerful. That's beautiful. It's so powerful. But what if... You had a whole legion of Roman soldiers. That's about 6,000. They're all walking in their breastplates made out of metal. And they're coming against the enemy. The enemy is headed in their direction. And suddenly, 6,000 Roman soldiers dressed in shimmering metal step into the sunlight. <laughs> what happens? It's blinding. It's blinding. Their breastplate was blinding so that the enemy could not see to attack. And they were so dazzling, so blinding, that they would render the enemy blind and could attack the enemy, and the enemy couldn't see to respond. So the breastplate was not just defensive. If you used it and walked in it, it became offensive. Now, when you come to the New Testament, you find examples of what people are like when they're dressed in their breastplate of righteousness. One of my favorite examples is Acts chapter 3. After the day of Pentecost, Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And the Bible says there was a man laying there who was crippled from his birth, asking alms of them that entered into the temple. And Peter and John, the Bible says, fastened their eyes on him. And what did they say? Look on us. Look on us. They didn't even say, look at Jesus. They said, look on us. Those guys knew who they were in Christ. But guess what? When you read it in the Greek, it doesn't say look on us. 
It says ice, the Greek word ice. Look into us. We have something right here inside. Hey, guys, mm. get your, fix your eyes right here. Look deep inside right here. They knew they had something to give that man. They knew who they were. Why? Because they were walking in righteousness, and righteousness gives you confidence. It gives you boldness to act, to charge, to advance. And they said, look in us. They took him by the hand. They pulled him up. And the Bible says they literally walked him. I love that in the Greek. It says he walking and leaping with every step. His ankles got stronger and stronger and stronger, which means he wasn't instantly healed. But they began to walk him and help him demonstrate his healing. And with every step, just like today, when you pray for somebody, you say, come on, let's walk. Well, when they take their first steps, maybe they stumble a little bit, but you keep walking them and every step gets stronger and stronger and stronger until finally they're walking normal. That's exactly what happened with Peter and John. It's no different today than it was. Then it works the very same. But if Peter and John had not known who they were, that they were the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, they would have never said, hey, look right here. They knew who they were in Christ. Denise? Well, I'm thinking about Peter because, you know, he denied Christ uh, three times. And so for him to walk in that righteousness, I mean, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but for him to walk in that righteousness... That condemnation, guilt, and shame that was from, what, a month or two ago or however long ago, not that long ago, was absolutely gone. And he was walking in what Jesus had put inside of him and not in his past at all. Something else, Denise, that's so important is many people live by their past. They're so affected by their past, and everybody has a past. But when you're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, your past is not visible. It is gone. All that can be seen is who you are right now. What's under all of that is not evident any longer. And when you know who you are in Jesus Christ, it doesn't really matter who you used to be. It does not matter. You are covered in righteousness. Glory. And the Bible calls it in Romans chapter 5, the gift of righteousness. Embrace it. It is a gift that will give you confidence, boldness, courage. It will give you the ability to charge the enemy. And when your heart is covered, you're also protected from arrows that come to accuse and strike your heart and your most precious tender parts. Amen, Denise. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm thinking of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse um, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin, to be sin for, for us, that, that we might, might become the righteousness of God in him. It delights God for us to walk in our righteousness. It is the will of God. You can see that in that verse, that we walk in our righteousness. Mm, Paul, it's wonderful. There are things that the Lord gives us that we don't deserve. And just like when a soldier comes to the army, he's taught how to use the equipment that he's given, but he doesn't do anything to earn the equipment that he's given. He joined the army and they give him the equipment. I love I that. Love that but he must learn to use Wear it. it. And he must join the army. Yes. He makes a decision to join the army, but once he joins, yep. 
Then he needs to learn to use the equipment that he's been given. So many of, many Christians are given righteousness. They're given the word. They're given the helmet. They're given the sword. Many people have received something that they don't fully know how to use. And in order to use it, you have to walk in it. You don't just, it doesn't just work out like immediately. You don't just understand it all at once. But in time, you begin to know what it means. You begin to know how to use it and you get more comfortable in it and you, and you, and you get more powerful. Mm -hmm. And so use it, walk in it. But don't you agree that it's a beautiful thing to see a believer that's been walking in God for years and years? They're elegant, they're confident, they're stalwart. It's just a beautiful thing. They have just walked in that righteousness until it just glimmers. Mm. It just adds such a luster to their very presence. Mm. But when you come to the next verse, Paul adds the next piece of weaponry. And this is what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's home group. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, people love to talk about peace. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to be peaceful, peace-promoting people, and that's all true. But you're going to be shocked when you find out what this means because Paul is really describing what I call killer shoes. These are killer shoes. These are called shoes of peace because if you use them correctly, then you'll have peace. But they're really killer shoes. But that's for tomorrow out of time. Guys, this has been so fast again tonight. Wow. But remember, if you need prayer, write to us, prayer at renner.org or call us. And let's say it together. Grace, Grace and, and peace, peace be to you in Jesus' name. And sleep well tonight according to the promise in Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.